friends, and welcome to episode 136 of Let's Talk with Scoggs. This week's guest is Lulu Simon. She is a connoisseur of the sad, pop, sensitive, pop, just got over a breakup, but you want to dance and cry at the same time kind of pop. She is a wonderful singer-songwriter with a new single out called Something. You can stream everywhere. I also mentioned in the episode that she has a wonderful TikTok channel with uh, sort of a different version of the song on her TikTok page. So check that out. We had a great conversation about music, about pop music, about Los Angeles, what you learn about yourself in a city like that, and what you learn about yourself as you pursue your dreams and how especially difficult that is when it's creative dreams. We also talk about how to cope with the overwhelming loneliness of being an adult. If you haven't felt that sensation yet, it might sound strange, but if you have felt that, you will understand. And Lou has some very thoughtful advice. We also touch on growing up in a very musical household and how that has inspired her throughout her pursuits. She is, in fact, the daughter of legendary singer-songwriter Paul Simon. But there's so much to Lulu to get to know Join in, enjoy, go check out her music, dance and cry all at the same time. I hope you enjoy this one. Here's episode 136 of Let's Talk with Scoggs with Lulu Simon. Um, where are you calling from today? Um, I'm calling from LA. Los Angeles. Nice. And how's your summer been in Los Angeles? It's been good. I, I actually haven't spent a ton of time in LA. Um, I was traveling in June and then... Um, I'm from New York, so I went back to New York for a while to be with my family. Uh-huh. Lovely. Mm-hmm. And then uh, how long have you been in Los Angeles? It will be four years in October. Okay. Long enough to have a, a real honest opinion. Yes. Of <laughs> do we love it? Do we there? Are we there for necessity? Like what do we think so far? It's been four years. It's. I think that's yeah. a good amount of time to live there to have – an honest opinion of it? Um, well, I definitely moved here out of necessity. Yeah. Um, I did not feel like I belonged here mm-hmm. um, for a long time. I was like, I'm too New York. People don't understand me. <laughs> <laughs> One time this, this, uh, this guy literally was like, my parents live in Hawaii now. Oh, and gorgeous. I was saying, oh yeah, I'm in Hawaii. And this guy was like, oh, is that where you're from? And I said, no, I'm from New York. And he went, oh, is that why you're mean? <laughs> I said, <gasps> okay. <laughs> Maybe I'm mean because you're annoying. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So I was nervous. I, I didn't know. Um, it, it, it was like a very weird kind of culture shock. Yeah. Um, and I also moved here like fully not knowing anyone. Yeah. Um. So I think because I didn't know anyone, I f- kind of fell into the wrong crowd, like the first yeah. year and a half that I lived here. Uh-huh. And then actually it took like the onset of the pandemic for me to be able to like comfortably really extricate myself uh-huh. from those people. Uh-huh. And um, I feel like since then, I I have now like a really good group of friends. So yeah. It's a, it's like a half and half. I don't think I could ever be cold again. So yeah. I, don't, I don't think I could leave. <laughs> at yes. Least. Yes. So um, just to share 
I relate to a lot of what you said because I grew up in Rhode Island, the tiniest, tiniest of states. I mean, LA as a city is bigger than the entire state of Rhode Island. Mm -hmm. And I moved to LA out of wanting to work in music and not really sure what aspect, but wanted to get my foot in the door in, I mean, I get to do it now. I get to talk to cool people like you about music and all that sort of stuff. But um, when I first moved to LA, I didn't know anybody either. Very much a culture shock, traffic, lots of driving, beautiful weather. And I only had like the hills or reality TV to really give me a glimpse of what I should be doing as a 20-something in L.A. Um, I didn't really love, love, love L.A. until it was like maybe year three or four. Um, And found my people and found my place and realized I get to still be myself here. I don't have to be the L.A. version of myself. I can still be me. But at first, I didn't know that. I thought I had to be like this other L.A. cool girl person. And I was like, no, you're a giant dork. Just be yourself. (laughs) You'll find your people. And I think for a lot of young people that move away from the comfort of family or where they grew up, there is that sort of like anxiety of, I don't know anyone. Is this going to work? It's just such a relatable feeling um, that once you said four years in LA, I was like, this is a great time to ask that question of how do you really feel about it? Cause it yeah. takes time. It's not an yeah. instant love kind of thing. Yeah. It takes, it took a lot of time. I think cause you really have to like, you know, you kind of have to get duped by yeah. LA in order to really understand like what it's like to live here and then like figure out how you fit into the environment. Yeah. Yes. I very much relate to that. (laughs) Um, I'm so excited to chat with you because you specialize in one of my favorite genres of sad, sensitive pop. So this Mm -hmm. is going to be such a treat for me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, me too. Yes. Yes. And I know that you grew up in a really musical household. Um, I would imagine that tapping into your emotions and expressing yourself and being creative were, you know, opposed to me living in a a home where I had a mother who really loved music and parents who really loved music, but neither of them were creative in any way. And Mm -hmm. um, so how do you um, think that your, your, your upbringing and that being something that was, you know, I would imagine a priority. um, How do you think that serves you today outside of obviously that you're a songwriter, but how does that serve you as who you are at the core? I I honestly think that growing up in such a musical household really fostered like a lot of joy. Mm. Um, my mom sings all the time. She always like makes up little songs about whatever oh. she's doing <laughs> in the moment. So we, I have um two brothers. We grew up with my mom like making up children's songs for oh. us. <laughs> Which, you know, I think it really lends itself to goofiness and, like, the, that sort of, like, loose, fun, joyful creativity where you're just in the moment, like, singing a song about whatever you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> I think that, I think that it just fostered, like, a really kind of goofy joy <laughs> in me. Yes. Yes. Which is a wonderful tool to have access to and a good someone to model that behavior for you because life gets really rough sometimes. So if you can just make up a funny song, get through a situation, that is a really good tool to have in your toolbox, I would say. Uh, Yeah, I think so. 
I think it helps to sort of like alleviate day-to-day pressures. Yeah. I love that. And when did you either secretly or I don't know if you let anyone know, when did you start writing your own songs? I think I started I I I have I have been playing piano since I was in like kindergarten. We started taking lessons. Um but it wasn't until I learned guitar in like 7th grade that I really started to like privately write songs because mm-hmm. I was really shy. And you know, we had a piano in like the living room. So if I wanted to try and write a song on the piano, there's all this like foot traffic people always yeah. around and I didn't want anyone <laughs> to hear me like singing. So yeah. uh, when I got a guitar, I used to sit in my bathroom and close the door and I would play guitar for like the five minutes that it took me to run a bath. Uh-huh. The, the, <laughs> the sound of running water like drowned out me very quietly <laughs> like, uh-huh. playing the guitar. So yeah, I would say probably like seventh grade I started. Yeah. And uh, when did you finally share a song that you had written with someone? Hmm. That's a very good question. <laughs> well, I imagine that it's it's very vulnerable, right? Like, yeah. hey, by the way, I've been writing music and I'm going to share this with you now. Yeah. And I, I have an older brother. Both of my brothers make music. I have an, an older brother and a younger brother. And my older brother has been, like, writing music since he was, like, five years old or something. Like, just oh, wow. so crazy. And he is so outgoing and charismatic. And I think that seeing him, like, so confidently making music, like, made me more shy. Yeah. Um. So I think it must have been in, like, I think – eighth grade I like wrote a song about um like going to high school like for all the kids in my grade that was like goodbye everyone (laughs) we'll always be friends (laughs) kind of a thing yeah but um I don't know I was very quiet about it for a long time yeah it's vulnerable I mean a lot of times when I get to interview someone that's a part of a band uh, it's always interesting to hear what that relationship is like with collaborators because it has to be somebody that you can really trust because we all know that every idea isn't our best idea. So yeah. you have to be willing to show someone an idea that they might have to gently tell you, yes, but why don't we do X, Y, or Z and be open to that sort of feedback. If you are by yourself writing in your room alone, when you finally muster up the courage to share with someone, I mean, I'm I'm sweating over here thinking about doing that, and I'm not even a songwriter. It makes yeah. me nervous. <laughs> I mean, it's nerve wracking, but it's also like uh, my mom is such an encouraging person. Yeah, where like I could show her something that was like just bad, probably, and she would be like, "Oh my gosh, that's so good!" She'd be like, yeah. "Wow, Lulu!" And like for some reason, that was like more embarrassing to me. <laughs> I was like, "I want you to listen to what I wrote, and then I do not want you to acknowledge me at all." <laughs> yeah, I want you to we should room. Do not make eye contact with me. <laughs> uh huh. We should have traded moms. My mom is painfully honest. If something doesn't look right or sound right, she's like, no, 
you're not doing that. So, or maybe they could have like melded together to make a nice balance. Yeah. Um, Cause having that like confidence and, you know, somebody waving the metaphorical foam finger that says, go Lulu, go, you got this. You can do anything. Um, it can be a little bit embarrassing. You're like, mom, sit down, put the foam finger away. I got yeah. it. I got it was this. kind of just like, I think because when I first started songwriting, because I'm obviously like such a, a big music listener. Yeah. You know, when you start writing, sometimes you can tell, you can be like, this is not that good. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, I know I know that this is not good. I'm comparing it to the music that I'm listening to and I know that it's not great. So I think to like share something when you're not like fully confident in it or your abilities, that's kind of like, don't tell me that this is great because I don't think that it is. And I don't right. want to have like a false sense of security and then not push myself to become a better musician or a better songwriter. Right. Well, it seems like you did push yourself because now we have a lovely new single, Something. Yes. And I've listened to it and I went on your TikTok page and I saw you playing the piano version of it. And it is, like I said, it's my it's my jam, that sad, <laughs> sensitive pop music. I can never get enough of it. So I was so happy to read about you and check out your stuff. So tell us about something and just whatever you're willing to share, what it means to you, where you wrote it, anything. Um. I started writing something in, I think, like, 2019. Um, I wrote, like, the first verse, and I kind of got stuck because um, at that point, and obviously still now, but more so at that point, I was writing from, like, a purely autobiographical perspective. Mm -hmm. And so I felt like... I don't know. I felt like I was like a liar <laughs> if I was putting something into my music that wasn't real. Mm -hmm. I like wanted to say, no, this really happened. And that's why I'm writing about it. But it's also like, you know, kind of a homebody. Like I don't do that much. So it's, I don't have like a huge well of inspiration to draw from. Uh -huh. So I started writing that song that was like based in truth, but um, you know, a, a bit leaning more towards like a fantasy or like an idealization of something uh -huh. that had happened. And I was like, okay, that's great. But now where do I go with this? Because I'm not following an actual storyline that happened in my life. Like I'm kind of making something up and I don't really know how to do that. And also I don't know if that's like, okay with me right now to do that. Uh -huh. Um, So I left it alone for two yeah two years and then um when taylor swift's folklore came out i was oh. like so obsessed like to this day i could listen to that album just on repeat and never get sick of it <laughs> ever yeah. yeah but you know obviously she's such an autobiographical writer and then hearing her write these songs that you know had these nuggets of truth in them but were stories basically that she was making up I was like okay it is possible for me to write a song or for anyone to write a song that is not necessarily grounded in reality but still has truth to it and it can still it can still like resonate with you as the writer but also with listeners even if it's not something that you are like fully retelling 
Right. So that kind of gave me um, a nice perspective shift. Yeah. And I like to walk a lot. So I was going for a walk and thinking about something, and I, which I hadn't thought about for you know, two years since I had started writing it. And all of a sudden, just the chorus and second verse came to me just in my brain as I was walking along. <laughs> so I went to the piano to see if it worked, and it did. And I was like, okay, that was easy. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite things to do is share tips on how to take care of your mental health your overall well-being, but another way to really take care of yourself is your finances. And any way that you can save money is always good. You know what they say, a penny saved is a penny earned. And on everyday costs especially, Upside has been a really great way to save money. It is easy to use and it's right here on my phone. I have it open right now. And what Upside does, it's an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. Check, check, check. And with every purchase, I'm earning cash back thanks to Upside. Right now, I'm looking in my app, and there are a bunch of gas stations that are offering me cash back. Some of my favorite local restaurants are offering me cash back. A couple restaurants that I have on my need-to-check-out list are on here. So that's a great incentive to try something new because I will be earning cash back. To get started, you can download the free Upside app. Use my promo code SCOGS, S-C-O-G-G-S, and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next, you claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. You just check in at the business, pay as usual with a credit card or debit card, and you get paid. In comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs, you will earn three times more cash back with Upside. So here it comes again. Download the free Upside app, and use promo code SCOGS to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using promo code SCOGS. There she is. Just pops up. Yeah, so... I think sometimes when you, like, make room for stuff... Because I... Again, I'm not a creative in the way that you are, but I've just learned in life when I am telling myself you're not allowed to do something because I don't think I should. Like I'm not a person who likes avocados. I've never liked avocados. Why would I suddenly like avocados? But if you like open, and that's a very dumb, trivial example, <laughs> but I find that once I sort of like, I'm like, who cares if I like avocados now? I can like avocados now. There's not, yeah. I'm not set in any one thing I'm more than one thing I'm supposed to evolve and change and be curious and allow room for things and then all of a sudden I'll come up with like the best avocado dish I've ever had and I'm like see I should have been allowing myself to like avocados slay avocado dish (laughs) yes so it's like and I think it's a good lesson for anyone in life if anyone listening is feeling like oh I can't be that thing I can't do that thing like well just maybe entertain it open up ideas open up space you never know what's gonna fly through you could be walking and write a song yeah that's yeah I and my thing too is I'm such a creature of habit so yeah really hard time like diverging from my norms Uh but um you know when you don't diverge from the norm you're putting yourself you're doing yourself a disservice you're putting yourself in such a tiny box Mm. Yeah. And after the pandemic, it's hard to imagine 
leaving and doing things again and we're definitely you know getting back to normal ish mm-hmm. but gosh i i really went into a slump when we were just every day was groundhog day yeah i can't imagine being a creative person where you're i don't know how taylor did that i don't know how she was stuck at home and <laughs> used her imagination and took herself out of what she was stuck in because yeah. i mean that is just phenomenal and i agree with you that album is amazing yeah and i think honestly like i do kind of credit a lot of the music that um i've written in the past year um i credit a lot of that to folklore honestly because i you know obviously during the pandemic like you said it was really hard to feel motivated or creative yeah. at all and um listening to folklore really kind of placed me in my own dream world i was you know, concocting all of these like fantasies in my mind, replaying all of these scenarios uh, differently. And I think that's what helped me to write something because it was sort of like an idealization of a situation that might have happened, but didn't quite. But that is, you know, again, grounded in truth, which is that, you know, I think during the pandemic, I was looking for peace. I was really looking for like peace of mind um, cause like I said, I, I had been in kind of a nasty group of friends and, um, once I had removed myself from that situation, I was like very distressed. I was like, what do I return to when I, cause I, I left LA for the, the pandemic and I was like, when I go back, like, where do I belong? Like, where do I go? Uh-huh. And, um, every night before I would go to bed, I would just sort of, send a message out into the universe saying like I don't need anything other than like peace of mind like please just bring me peace of mind so I think that something is sort of a reflection of that that's beautiful thank you yeah Uh, is there um not to get too far ahead of ourselves I don't want to not enjoy the something moment but just out of curiosity do you have other songs that you've been working on or is there something something yes is there <laughs> is there um more that I can look forward to because I'm I'm hooked now I'm hooked I I've got an EP I think that is just about to be finished yes. and it's hopefully coming soon yay awesome it's very yay. exciting I mean I I don't know what it's like to hold something really close to you and it's yours and then you have to let go of it and it just it's everybody's now. Um, I, I can tell through, you know, a lot of these interviews that I have with artists in your position that are like just ramping up and they're getting things cooking and they're super excited and they're at the beginning of what's going to be their career that it usually there's like the expectation and then there's the reality of it, of how that feels to, you know, write a song, put an EP together, put an album together and then release it. And then like what the reality of that is, have you felt any sort of like push and pull between those two things? Um, sort of, I think that like my problem is that because I love my own music so much, um, when I release it, I sort of have this like immediate expectation that everyone will love it and they'll be like, oh my God, Lulu, my queen. (laughs) 
But then, like, the reality is, like, I'm a really small artist. I'm really kind of just getting started. So I think that, like, having to reckon with the fact that, you know, releasing music at this stage in my career, a lot of it is not really going to get heard by that many people. And that I just have to kind of accept that as fact for, like, what the situation is. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I think a part of it, a part of me feels like, okay, well, I don't want to release this song because I love it so much and I know that right now like not a ton of people are going to hear it so does that mean that I'm like wasting this song by releasing it now? Um, I see. So that's that's been like kind of my issue Um, Mm. but it's also you know it just is what it is and you have to just go go with the flow and hope for the best. (laughs) It's it's not a race. It's a, it's a marathon as they say, you got to go baby steps. Um, but it sounds like you're, there's a lot of inspiration in your life and feelings to pull from. So I'm very excited to hear what, what else you've been working on since being in this headspace. Cause I mean, going through moving and the pandemic and figuring, finding yourself and all that stuff. That's like, Oh my gosh, that's the most delicious songwriting because it's so relatable because we've all felt those things and then as a music listener you get to hear all these different interpretations of what those experiences were like so I'm I'm looking forward to it I'm looking forward to it too yeah okay so um we always play a game it's called overshare okay and I have questions and it's kind of like we're on a first date just getting to know each other some of the questions are really silly some are more thoughtful I have 176 of them, and we both have to answer, so you're not alone. Okay. So if you could, please, as my guest, choose a number, 1 through 176. Um, 26. 26. How do you get rid of stress? Oh. <laughs> Are we good at that yet? Have we figured out our sweet spot? How do I get rid of stress? I like to swim. Mm. I like to swim. It's it's the thing about getting rid of stress is that it's like such a scam because what you have to do actually <laughs> is like really like take care of yourself. <laughs> You're like stressed out and it's like what do I do? And it's like unfortunately like you have to exercise or something. <laughs> Yes. For me, it's the same exercise. Yes. Yeah. It is. And you're right. It's a total scam. It's like, that's, I don't want to do that right now. It's like, I don't know what I want to do. Oh, that's perfect. Um, yeah. Exercise. I guess it's like the exhausting of your body. Like, cause you, when I get stressed, I get like this ramp up of energy, but it's not, I don't have any useful place to put it. So yeah. tiring myself out is, sort of how I get rid of it. It doesn't, it's not like I've solved the problem that I'm stressed about. It's just, I've, all that adrenaline has been put to use and now it's gone. I I need those endorphins to like guide me in the right direction. Otherwise I'm just paralyzed. Yes. Oh gosh. Yeah. Um, all right. Another number one through 176. Um, 122. 122. 122. Oh my gosh. This is going to be good. If you could invite one famous person to dinner, who would it be? Oh my God. Easy. RuPaul. Oh my gosh. That would be amazing. That would be amazing. I want that so bad. That's like literally my career goal is to be a guest judge on RuPaul's Drag Race. There we go. We got to put it out the universe. I'm done after that. (laughs) There we go. 
Um, I mean, I'm going to say Taylor Swift. I'm going to invite her to my dinner. Yeah. I've, that would be a I good mean, dinner. That would be like a really good girl time. Yeah. I feel like I've grown up with her and she's just constantly modeled like really strong woman behavior for me. And, and especially in the past few years, she's just become so vocal about her opinions. I would just love to like have a dinner and just yeah her brain about life. So that would be good. And maybe we can morph dinners together. So we can do a double date. <laughs> table for four and we could all chat. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's do one more. Okay. Uh, so one through 176. You pick. Okay, I'm going to pick, for some reason, the, the number 58 popped in my head. I have no okay. idea why. 58. Oh, what's your favorite TV show at the moment? Do you have any TV that you're really into? Um, I've been watching um, Only Murders in the Building. Yes. And I like that. <laughs> yes. I wa- we caught up on that last night. That's one that um, my husband and I both love. I love Steve Martin, and I love Selena, and I love just like the uh, the whole podcast, murder podcast yeah. thing. It's it's a very good show. It's I really fun. do like it's that cute. one. It's I like it. I like feel I love when I'm watching it. Yeah. Um, I really like the opening – like where it's the little song. Like I love yeah. their theme song and the little the cartoon drawing thing. I don't know. It's very satisfying. Every time we watch it, I never want to skip through it. I always skip yeah. over intros, but I love that one. Me too. It's just so well made. It's so yes. fun. I like it's it. It's a great one. I agree. I agree. Um, <laughs> and just out of curiosity, are there any albums or songs or anything that you're really into right now at the moment? Um, I'm really into this girl, Chapel Roan. I'm like Chapel fully Roan. obsessed with her. I actually just saw her at the Troubadour last night. Oh, love um, she's everything. She is the moment. She is playing. I'm going <laughs> to check her out. She's really, she's really great. I love her and I'm really excited for her to release more music. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So the other thing we do is we give advice. So this is called asking for a friend. And we sort of have – a grab bag of questions that listeners have written in over the years. And I like to revisit some of them sometimes because I feel like we all have different experiences and asking another person the same question, you might get a different take on how to deal with the problem. So this is one that we have put to a guest previously, but I wanted to reintroduce it again. Okay. And it's ironic because you have a song that sort of gently touches on this. But the question is for you. So this is as as if your best friend is asking you for advice on this. Okay. How to cope with the overwhelming loneliness of being an adult? I you have to be you have to become super comfortable with yourself. You have to you have to love being by yourself. That has to yeah. be enough. And it not just like enough, it has to be it. Like that that has to be the moment. And then mm-hmm. um hanging out with other people, like that has those have to be the cherries on top. But yeah. if when you're by yourself, like that has to be okay. You like really have to love yourself. 
and love the the person that you are and the life that you lead when you're like in the cocoon of your own home in order to live I think yeah <laughs> because um you know it's be it's lonely being by yourself unless you love yourself yeah <laughs> you, have, you know things to do and if your home is your safe space and you can make yourself your own safe space then being with other people that like I said that's that's sprinkles yeah that's beautiful thanks <laughs> It's a good thing you're a writer. You're good at this. <laughs> um, okay, Lulu. So outside of that, you know, mysterious EP that's going to come at some point into all of our lives, is there anything else that we should be keeping our eyes on or just anything else you want to share before we say goodbye today? Um, n- no, <laughs> I don't think so. I think well, just- I was gonna say that if, if someone hasn't, I mean, everybody should go listen to something, but you should also go to Lulu's TikTok because she's got these two videos where she's at a piano and is surrounded by every instrument. I mean, I don't know all the instruments, but there's <laughs> you're in a room filled with instruments that just looks like delicious for a musician. Um, so I love the stripped back version of something as well. I thought that was a really fun way to sort of promote the song so everybody should go watch those on your tiktok too heck yeah go watch yeah. my TikTok and don't cyber bully me please oh gosh no never condoning any sort of bullying over here never 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 okay well you heard it here first you're not allowed yes. to bully me no never only uh cheering and sparkles and you go girl and all the just positive things i need musicians to write i need y'all to want to write music because i need the music like i need it so I, I just, I got to cheer for everyone. There's no bad vibes over here. It's only good vibes over here. Good. Yes. Well, thank you, Lulu. It was so nice to chat with you and good luck with everything. And I will absolutely be keeping an eye out for whatever comes next. Thank you so much. It was so nice talking to you. You too. Have a lovely day. You too. Bye. Bye.